Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Today I want to talk about surrender. You know, it's I always say if you if you if you come up here and you speak God always deals with you first before you can bring a word. So it's not it's not something that I really aspired for everyone to come up here because you get beaten first because what God wants to do for you he wants to do through you. And so I've been in I don't know like a season of real understanding what surrender means. And I've just been contemplating on this one passage over and over and over again and I'm going to try my best to bring that to you this morning. Why do we need to talk about surrender in prayer? You know, why is it important? This word surrender is thrown around a lot. A lot of faiths, a lot of beliefs, a lot of religions talk about surrender. And why is it important to talk about surrender? Because I believe that it is in surrender we realize who really and what really rules our heart. It is in surrender we realize realize what drives our decisions what motivates our decisions but until sometimes we come to that place of surrender we're driven by things that may not be the greatest leaders of our life it could be thoughts it could be ideologies it could be the want of money success or different things but i believe when we come into a place of surrender something is exposed in our heart and we understand especially through this passage what it really means to surrender so if you would open with me to matthew 26 matthew 26 verses 36 to 46 we're going to read this then jesus went with his disciples to a place called gethsemane and he said to them sit here while i go over there and pray he took peter and the two sons of zebedee along with him james and john and he began to be sorrowful and troubled whoever said that jesus didn't go through things that we are going through he was sorrowful and troubled then he said to them my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death stay here and keep watch with me Going a little farther he fell with his face to the ground and prayed My father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as I will but as you will Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour he asked Peter Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, "My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done." When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, "Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the son of man is delivered into the into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer." 
How many of you are reading this passage for the first time or with new eyes? I remember reading this and going, wow, Jesus himself in the very first few lines shares with his closest what his struggles are. And sometimes we debate whether or not we should go to church or whether we need community. Jesus himself is displaying the steps of surrender. And he's talking to his closest, whatever's going on in his heart, the things of, of great sorrow that he can't even express. In the, in the Gospel of Luke, it talks about he was in agony when he cried out. Such deep sorrow to the point of death. How many of you have felt that at some point in your life? And if you haven't, it's coming. <laughs> There are moments in your life where you feel so overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And that's what our Christ was going through. And here he is asking his disciples, the closest to him, will you not watch and pray with me? And you know, you see when he comes back the second time and he sees they're sleeping, he said, I just asked you one hour, just give me one hour of your time. You know, they, he was in anguish. It says, you know, he was crying in, some, in, in, in another gospel. It talks about tears. And here his disciples are watching him and they could not stay up for an hour. But Jesus comes back and this is what he says to them. He says, couldn't you keep watch with me for an hour? Watch and pray. I love how he just, he doesn't get angry with them. He's not about to throw an anger fit. He just says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. I believe there is a key here for us. We have two aspects of the story. There is the Garden of Gethsemane here. And Jesus walks into the Garden of Gethsemane. For some of you that are hearing this for the first time, in another gospel in Luke, it says, he walked into this garden as usual. So this is a place where he hung out. And if you know what happens later in the story... This is his moment where he's preparing for the cross. So he knows what's about to happen. And he still chooses to enter this garden. How many of us walk away even before we know what is going to be the answer in prayer? Because we're too scared to face it. Jesus knew. It says he prayed here as usual. He knew what was going to happen, but he went there anyway. He knew his disciple Judas that was going to betray him, knew his hangout, and he went in anyway. He was willing to face it. And when he comes to the disciple, he doesn't, he's, he's not a condes in a condescending tone, tell them, you watch out for yourselves and maybe pray for me. He says, watch with me. He's in the struggle with them. And he's inviting them to follow surrender with him but you see at the end there's one who follows surrender prayerfully and there's some that some that let their overwhelming grief have the better of them and here he is he says okay in in my father going a little further he fell with his face to the ground he's showing them the steps he's saying my father if it is possible take this cup from me Yet not as I will, but as you will. You know, without Gethsemane, without this prayer, without this moment of struggle, there wouldn't be a Calvary. 
You know, often we think of the cross and we think it was on the cross that that was God's, Jesus' greatest act of surrender. But actually the greatest act of surrender was before the cross. It was in this garden of Gethsemane. It was in this conversation. It was in this place where he could have chosen otherwise. Where he invited the people that were closest to him to join him in his surrender. And when they didn't, he didn't blow it. Because he was so focused on his surrender, no matter what pain that would cost him. And even in that, he's trying to teach his disciples. He's like, will you not watch and pray? And this word watch comes a few times. I had to look it up. I'm like, what does it mean? And in the Greek, it comes from the word gregopio, which means vigilant or to keep awake. And so Jesus is telling them, you need to keep awake because you are going to be tempted. And if you're not aware of what is going to tempt you, you will not make it. And so my first question to you this morning is, what is the temptation that you need to be watchful about right now? And some of you, this might be a thought that you're like, hang on, like I, I'm not struggling with anything. I'm not even come here because I, I need help. I come here because I enjoy something. I enjoy the worship. I enjoy, you know, the, the friends. But I want you to take a step deeper this morning and just try to pray in to what God has asked his disciples. The same question he'll ask us today. What is the temptation that you need to be watchful about? You know, a temptation could be anything. It's not just when it happens. A temptation is, is something before the sin. What are you tempted by? So it could be something that you, you're keeping up at night, thinking over this over and over again. It could be a thought that takes you away from what he's called you to do. It could be insecurity. It could be comparison. It could be jealousy, greed, significance, entitlement relationships, success, control, mistrust, offense. How many of us are tempted by these things? And Jesus here is saying, watch and pray. Don't just pray. I think so often we, we, we think, you know, in, in just praying for something, God's going to answer the prayer. But here God's giving you the steps of what it means to surrender. He's like, be aware of what you're tripping on. Be aware of your struggle. Be aware and then pray into it. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, the human spirit will not even begin to try surrender, self-will, as long as it all seems to be well. Now, error and sin both have this property that the deeper they are, the less the victim suspects their existence. So the deeper our sin is, the less we even are aware of it. They are masked evil. But pain, pain is unmasked. Unmistakable evil. Every man knows that something is wrong when he's being hurt. And this is a good time of reflection to think about what is it that causes you pain? What is it? Because pain is, shows you that something's not right. There's something that needs to be fixed in your life. And you know the crazy thing about this word where Jesus says, watch and pray so that you won't fall into temptation, is because he wants what's best for us. And he's wanting us to be set up in such a way 
where we are aware, we're praying into that so that we can overcome what's to come. In Galatians 5.17 in the Amplified Bible, it says this, for the sinful nature has its desire which is opposed to the spirit and the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit are in direct opposition to each other continually in conflict, so that as you believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. In other words, when you're not aware of what you're tempted by, it's going to stop you from doing the very thing God has purposed in your heart to do. And so Jesus, in all this, he knows what's coming up. He knows the cross is just around the corner and he's caring for his disciples to say, guys, prepare now. Because I know you're overwhelmed. It says even in, in, in the Gospel of Luke that the, their eyes were heavy with sorrow. The disciples were going through this battle with him. But then we see later on in just a few scriptures down, we see that Judas comes. It's time to take Jesus. And Peter, he reacts and he cuts off one of the soldiers' ear. And Jesus rebukes him and heals the ear and you you just see this one moment of what Jesus was asking Peter to prepare for was exactly this so when the moment of truth comes he wouldn't act in the flesh but he failed we know Peter failed but we have someone who didn't and my second point is a prayer of surrender acknowledges weakness in our culture, in Indian culture, we're not so good with this one. We don't want to talk about our weakness. We don't want to talk about shame. We don't want to talk about our past. Because we're scared. We're scared of image. We're scared of pe people will say, we're scared of being judged in the future even if we do change. What mark is it going to have on us? So we're not good with acknowledging weakness. But we see Jesus in verse 39 says, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. He acknowledges his weakness. Look at the book of Psalms. It's almost too abrasive. Some scriptures it talks about swiping off the teeth of his offenders and killing them with swords. And, and you're like, hang on, David, chill out a little bit. But do you know what? With our God, you can be as honest and as surrendered in the same breath. And Jesus modeled this for us. He was, he was so vulnerable in what he said to his closest men. And he was so surrendered in the same breath. If you notice, this is a little detail, but I told you I've been just meditating on this this, this passage over and over again, it starts off by saying, Jesus, if it is possible, in verse 39, take this cup from me. But when we go down in verse 42, the second time he prayed, he doesn't say, if it is possible. He says, my father, if it is not possible. There's a progression in his surrender. The first time, He's petitioning God. We can be honest. He's honest with God, saying, God, I'm weak. But if it is possible, take this away. The second time he goes to God, it says, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. And then it says at the end, it says he's prayed the same thing for the third time. You know, um, 
My next point is a prayer of surrender is not a passive prayer, but a prayer followed by obedience to the Father. You know, how many of us think of the word surrender and think of the line, whatever will be, will be? So many times in my own life, I have that thinking. You know what, God? You want to do this? Is this how you're treating me? Is this my stake in life? Fine, God, I'll surrender. Whatever will be, will be. So you, I'll keep making these decisions. I'll keep staying in this place of unforgiveness, of offense, maybe a wrong relationship, maybe the past that's haunting you and you know you have to correct some things, but you're happy. You're like, you know what, God? I'm chill. I'm good. I'm here. Whatever will be, will be. I surrender my life to you. That is not surrender. Surrender is not passive. We can't just sit here in the waiting. You know, when Jesus says, be still and know that I'm God, Stillness is not doing nothing. Stillness is knowing who our God is and surrendering to that. In the same way, our surrender is not passive. We don't just sit and wait and wait for God to do something. Our surrender is an act of obedience to the Father. The only reason why Jesus could go through with this because he was all about his Father. He did not take his eyes of what the Father wanted. It will kill you. But without a death, there is no resurrection. You can have the things in life that you think you can control and you can go a different way and maybe you'll get one version of it. But if you want, out of the place of full surrender is where God's going to bring the real resurrection you really need. Because it's a giving up of what we want and surrendering to what he wants. And you know, in this time, I'm not going to go into it here, but in the Gospel of Luke, it says, you know, when he prayed this prayer, an angel came to strengthen him. I just love it. Do you know that all the three times Jesus prayed to God, God was silent. Take that away. The three times Jesus prayed to his father, there was no sound. But there was an angel that came and strengthened him. God may not always give you what you want in the way you want it, but he'll give you enough to get to the next season. He will give you enough. And it said, because the angel strengthened him, he went and prayed for the third time. And this time he knew he knew what was coming. He knew what he had to do. He knew the agony of what it's going to mean to actually have God the Father. If this is your first time here, you know this is when God the Father sent his only son to take on what we deserve so that we get what he has. So it's the only time in history where God would have to look away from his only son because his son was going to take on the punishment that we deserve. His son was going to take on the sin that we deserve and were living in, as Ryan spoke earlier, while we were in that sin. God was going to look away from his own son so that he could look at us. And Jesus knew that he, what it meant for him to bear that. And some of you here think, you know what, God is even asking you right now. Watch and pray. What is it you're being tempted by? What is it you're being overcome by? 
what is it that you need to give up right now and do things in submission to my will and you think you know what it's going to cost me too much it's too costly it's too much and i and i think of practical things like we live in a city of mumbai and our biggest idol is busyness and money and so often those are the two things that god will put his hand on and yet we're not willing to surrender that because it'll cost us too much it might cost us our image it might cost us the ability to have control but god has put his hand on that right now just like god had put his hand on what jesus knew he had to do in order to give us what we needed Jesus knew in that moment I'm going to be separated from the father I'm going to be betrayed people are going to walk out on me I'm going to be naked people are going to taunt me if you are the son of god save me but he knew what he had to do my next point is a prayer of surrender allows for god to work not just in you but through you you know i keep thinking of the garden of gethsemane i'm 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 very in my imagery i'm i'm i always think of pictures when i read the bible and i picture jesus in the garden and i picture maybe he was walking up and down or maybe you know there were moments when he knelt down maybe you know he was sitting down just with his maybe hand over his knees just crying out in agony maybe he was so disappointed you know in that moment with his disciples like even my closest can you know i was just thinking of god just everything that he had to embrace and then he's thinking wow i'm going to die i'm going to be put in a grave but he knew he had to follow his father into obedience even into a grave do you know it's safer to walk in death into a grave with god than in ease without him it is better to go out on the water than stay in the safety of the boat without him I don't know what God is doing in your heart. I don't know where he has you this morning. But don't stay there. If he's calling you to get up and follow him, to make some decisions that look different, to make decisions that are opposite to your sinful nature as the, as the scripture of Galatians, if it is things that you might have to put on the line because you follow God, do it. because it is the safest place the will of god is the safest place it's safer because you cannot control what's going to happen to you without him but when you're with him he's in control and it may not look great it may not look bright and happy but resurrection is coming the third day is on its way He defeated death. He didn't ask us to stay there. He defeated that and rose again to show us the way to joy, the way to life, the pathway. Don't stay stuck in that. But for Jesus in that moment of pacing, he probably thought of the grave and he thought about what was going to happen to him in those moments. But his eyes were on the Father 
And he also embraced, in the book of Hebrews it says, he embraced the cross for the joy that was set before him. His eyes were fixed on a coming joy. His eyes were fixed on the Father. He could have fought. You know, in Matthew 26, later on it says, he could have asked angels to come. And all those men that came to put him on the cross could have died in an instant. He could have fought. But if he fought then, it would be a very self-centered decision. He could have won, but it would have been to save his own face. But Jesus didn't choose self-centeredness. He chose to go through the cross so something could happen through him. It wasn't just about him. And so often we want our life to work out. We want our dreams to come true. But it's all about us. The only person that's going to benefit is us. The only person we're thinking about when we don't sleep is us. The only person we're thinking will have this bright big future is us. If Jesus wanted that, he could have defeated them before the cross. But he knew in order for God to work through him, he had to go through the grave. And each one of us here know what that looks like. Each one of us know, I don't know how bad your trial is, but let me tell you something. Each one's trial seems like a grave to them when it's happening to them. We can't compare trials. But it seems overwhelming. But he knew what it would have to cost him and he did it anyway. God worked through the surrender of Jesus so that we can now surrender to God. He had to surrender through himself in order for us to have access to God. You know, by the third time when he pleaded for this cup to pass, he accepted that this cup could not pass. This way was the only way, the right way. And he released the struggle against it. He chose to look through the suffering to the joy and glory beyond. When he made the decision, he never looked back. You know, and I'm just so in awe of this passage because it so represents us, the disciples. So many of us, when I first read, I'm like, oh my God, these disciples, one thing he was, they, Jesus asked them to do and they failed at that. One hour, I mean, how much could that be? I'm thinking, you know, we have Jesus with us. We have the Holy Spirit with us. And when he asks us to do stuff, how many times have we looked away? How many times have we not watched and prayed? How many times have we chosen our own will over his? And all Jesus is saying, hey, watch and pray. But I'm with you in this. And I just love this. I wrote this. He said, Jesus knew that the only, that he was the, not only passing the test, but he was passing the test for us. Jesus passed the test we failed. Jesus passed the test the disciples failed. They failed miserably. But he did it so that we could pass even though we fail. On the cross, Jesus bore the weight of our failure. On the cross, Jesus passed the test on our behalf. And his obedience was credited to our account so that we pass 
through Jesus every time we fail. And so many times we, we reach these moments because you know what, we've tried everything and this is the only thing we have to do, so let's just surrender. But how many of us actually surrender to God not to get things from Him, but to get Him? When was the last time you went to God and said, God, I just want to surrender my life for you, not for me? When was the last time you went and prayed, not just for your needs, but that God would do anything he wishes through you so his will could be accomplished? That's the power of true surrender. That it doesn't become about us, but it's something that God would do through us. And often, you know, I've been so guilty, even since pastoring this church, making so much about this about me. And God has his ways, his gentle ways of reminding us who's boss. Of reminding us, not because he wants to hurt us. Because he knows that if he doesn't show us what's tempting us, that we might be crushed or we might act out in flesh just like Peter did and took out the sword and cut the man's ear. He's trying to prevent us from what's coming. And he so gently waits on us and says, hey, just watch and pray. There is a better way. There is a way you can overcome. There is a way when you truly surrender, you will know that I am God. Even though it's painful, I will walk you through the grave. You know, as I was thinking about all the different types of people that might be in the room this morning, I thought of the ones that maybe haven't even ever entered the garden yet. I thought of the ones that maybe don't even know what it is like to pray to this God. You know, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. But when he prayed, he prayed out of relationship to his Father. And there are some of us here that don't even know what that's like to pray to a Father because we're so caught up in religion. We're so caught, caught up in self-centeredness. We're so caught about in our will over his that we've not even thought about maybe I need help. Maybe I need a relationship with this father. There's some of us here that are in the garden like the disciples with him but we don't even know what the temptation is. Because we've never come to this point of surrender before. Or even if we have, we've played it down so low that it has no consequence on our changes, our choices in life. Or then there's us that you've surrendered, but you've passively surrendered. You've gone, you know what, God? You can do what you do. I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. I have a relationship with you, you know. I've been through this over and over again. And now you just do your thing, God. And I want to say this for any of you in those three categories. That God is waiting on you this morning. He's not called us to be passive waiters and surrender. That isn't it amazing that even in our surrender, we get to actively surrender 
that even in our surrender or our waiting, and there are seasons of absolute where you don't see what you want happen happen, but it's a season of active waiting. And I don't know where you're at right now, but I know that God has a plan and he's waited on you for this morning to understand that it cost Jesus everything. It cost him everything just so that you and I could have a relationship with God. That even if we don't get what we want, we have Jesus and that is enough. That even if we don't, our life doesn't pan out the way we envisioned it to be, that we have Jesus and that is hope enough. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.